Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 34. Just sign on the dotted line and I'll take care of your film, said every predatory film distributor ever. This is the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you the top strategies, tactics, and growth hacks that every indie filmmaker needs to know to make money with their films. We are the podcast that puts the business back into show business. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Film Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, how to turn your independent film into a profitable business. It's harder today than ever before for independent filmmakers to make money with their films, from predatory film distributors ripping them off to huckster film aggregators who prey upon them. The odds are stacked against the indie filmmaker. The old distribution model of making money with your film is broken and there needs to be a change. The future of independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker or the film entrepreneur. In Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, I break down how to actually make money with your film projects and show you how to turn your indie film into a profitable business. With case studies examining successes and failures, this book shows you the step-by-step -step method to turn your passion into a profitable career. If you're making a feature film, series, or any other kind of video content, the Film Entrepreneur method will set you up for success. The book is available in paperback, ebook, and of course, audiobook. If you want to order it, just head over to www.filmbizbook.com. That's filmbizbook.com. Today's show is also sponsored by the Make Your Movie Bootcamp. You want to make a feature film but have no idea where to begin. I feel you because that's exactly where I was when I first got started, but I finally decided to stop talking about making a movie and go out and just do it. After working in the business for over 25 years and working with some of the biggest clients and stars in Hollywood, I decided to finally make my first micro-budget feature film that was self-distributed, sold around the world, and I even got a streaming deal from Hulu. It took me years of hard work to learn from my mistakes and to get where I am today. I want to help filmmakers break through their own fears and show them the secret sauce on how to make a profitable film. The Make Your Movie Bootcamp is a two-day intensive covering on day one, micro-budget filmmaking, and on day two, the film entrepreneur method, where you learn how to create revenue from your feature films. We cover everything from flushing out your idea, the screenwriting process, finding money, crowdfunding, directing your film, post-production workflows, marketing, film deliverables, self-distribution secrets, and how not to get ripped off by predatory film distributors. The bootcamp takes place March 28th and 29th in Burbank, California, and spaces are limited, so act now. Head over to mymbootcamp.com. That's mymbootcamp.com. 
Com. Well, guys, today we have a very special episode because we have been gifted a peek behind the curtain of a bad distribution deal. Filmmakers Kerry Carlock and Nick Luck Ulrich decided to blow the lid off of their bad distribution deal for their film Armstrong and started to publicly talk about numbers, how they were treated, how their creative, how the creative choices of how the film was distributed and marketed were done. They pretty much lay it all out for everyone. And this episode's gonna play as a crossover event between Indie Film Hustle and Film Entrepreneur because it is such important information that I wanna make sure both tribes listen to this and get this information. Carrie and Nick were extremely brave to come out and talk about uh, all the, you know, kind of dark underbelly kind of stuff that film distributors do and how filmmakers are, are like abused and taken advantage of. You know, a lot of these predatory film distributors, key to success is the silence of independent filmmakers who have gone through bad experiences. Filmmakers generally aren't very forthcoming with bad, you know, experiences, bad numbers, and they don't come out publicly and talk about it. But Carrie and Nick just said, enough's enough, and we're going to come out and talk about this. And of course, if they're going to come out and talk about it, I'm going to ask them some questions about it and bring that information to you guys, the tribe, to help defend yourselves against these predatory film distributors. And now with all of this new news coming out with the tug either bankruptcy or going under situation. I'm hearing more and more updates now from filmmakers that have not been paid by that company for for since 2018. And they kept saying the check is in the mail, the check is in the mail, the check is in the mail. There was a lot of the check is in the mail talk with Tug. And I'm going to be doing an update on that later this week. Now, before we get into this interview, if you guys have any questions or have you want to know a lot about what's going on, not only with Distributor and Tug, but just generalize film distribution, what's working, what's not working, uh, talk to people who've gone through it, you got to join our Facebook group, which is free to join. It's just a wealth of information and the community is growing daily and it is so supportive and so uh, amazing. Someone asked a question, there's 10 or 15 people answering it. And I love what we've been able to build out of that community. Originally, that community was brought together by me to talk about this, the distributor debacle, because there was so much confusion and so much mis- misinformation out there that I said, we have to come have a place where we can all meet and talk about it. And I can't tell you what a resource it is for filmmakers. Like I'm learning things as I keep listening and watching what is being done in the in the Facebook group. Now, if you want to sign up for free uh, and join that Facebook group, go to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash protect yourself. All one word. IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash protect yourself. And you can sign up for free on, on Facebook and ask questions and people will be there to help you. And it is... A just, just a treasure trove of information. So please check that out. So let's jump in. Without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Kerry Carlock and Nick Lund Ulrich. I'd like to welcome to the show Nick Lund Ulrich 
and Carrie Carlock. Did, did I do okay? Was it not too bad? Nice. Yes, perfect. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for coming on the show. I I found you through um please remind me the the show that I found you on because I forgot her yeah. name, but she was a guest on our show. Michael Jones. Yes. Her her um movie's called Bite Me. Yes. And she did the traveling tour, you know, trying to disrupt the typical distribution model yes and you guys made a little guest appearance on one of their episodes which we yes. have we have on ifh tv as well like i actually told oh, them like, i wanted to put it on because i was like disinformation has to get out there so when i heard your story i was like well i need to have you guys on because you have a true life distribution story that doesn't get talked about in public very often and i've mentioned it many times i've talked about situations like this but it's really good to put a face or faces with a situation and really share really, and you guys are really being very transparent with your numbers and what happened, how it happened and so on. So I wanted to bring you on and maybe even dig a little bit deeper than before. So, you know, let's, let's see where we can go with it. So first and foremost, how did you, why in God's green earth are you in this business? So let's just start right from there. I know you, I know Nick, you're a VFX artist. I come from the post VFX world as well. So I'm assuming. So how did you get in the business? First of all, Nick, and then you carry. Um, you know, I always wanted to make movies and when I got to LA, I thought, you know, because I loved special effects and visual effects, I felt like the, you know, my road in would be through that creative pursuit of learning the craft there and sort of building from that to, you know, become a filmmaker. So that's how I got started. Um, and then as it went along, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, it's very difficult to sort of break out of the your lane so to speak like i was a visual effects artist and a, you know an accomplished visual effects art, artist but that didn't necessarily lead itself to uh filmmaking as as a full-time career um and it took a while to kind of realize that um so but that's how i that's how i got in uh, and there's you know of course there's plenty of stories of visual effects people becoming full-time filmmakers it's not like it's unheard of but I think, you know, after the fact, I was like, well, it seems like, you know, the, the creative professions you'd think would be more likely to kind of jump, make that jump, but maybe less likely compared to like the assistant track or the, you know, where I feel like that is much more common to sort of move into the more, you know, creative uh, head of the head of the pile, so to speak. In the, within the system itself, not in the indie world, but within the system itself. Within the system. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We both kind of took this um, view of our careers, I think, as like, well, keep doing like keep gathering experience and that'll add up to, you know, probably in our heads, like getting that big shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But we had to make our own shot. Yeah, we realized that that, <laughs> that was maybe not the case. So yeah. we had to sort of engineer our own yeah, breakthrough. I, yeah, because I studied theater in college. And then I was yeah um, came here because I always loved film and television. But I had no basis of knowledge. So I just kept taking jobs. And that kind of put me on a reality TV track. And I went uh, being a film director, being a story producer, being a showrunner and then being a television executive, which I recently quit to focus full time on filmmaking Good because we because <laughs> yeah. you're not because you're not you're not working full, time, you're, we're working full time trying to do Armstrong and it was 
crazy town. No, it's I, I completely understand. So I always tell people, and he was like, so I'm thinking about him like getting into the film business. I go, well, are you insane? Because if you're insane, yeah. that's that's the beginning levels of just walking in. And yeah. as long as you oh. understand, I'm, I'm crazy. We're all crazy. We all got infected with this virus years, years ago <laughs> that we cannot vaccinate from. So um, it's just what it is. Like I always say, it flares up sometimes. Sometimes it goes dormant. It gets a little itchy, get a little scratchy. The only real treatment is being on set. Really, it's the only... Yeah, it's true. I mean, like if you ask, how did you get into it or why? We love stories. Yeah, right. You just, that, and that's how they get you. And that's yeah, how they, it's that's just how like a passion. You. Yeah, it is. It is. No, it, it, it's a very honorable uh, passion to tell stories and try to express yourself as an artist to do so. It's just that whole business side that really gets in the way. And that's kind of what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to educate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show because we're going to talk about your film Armstrong. So tell me about the film in the first place, what it's about, and how it how it came to be. Okay. So we, you know, ever since our like our second date, we were talking mm-hmm. about making a movie together, and so we kept trying to come up with an idea that sort of brought two things we love together. And so the the elevator pitch for Armstrong is it's a rookie EMT on her first night on the job, her and her partner pick up a wounded superhero and have to help him survive the night. So that's the elevator pitch for Armstrong. But the idea was, is that was, you know, my love of comic books and like character driven drama. Yeah. And Carrie's sort of, I, you know, real kind of small character piece. So we took the idea of like from an uh, indie film idea of like, like, how do you make an indie film? Two guys sitting in a room talking as like how you make a really <laughs> low budget film. Ours is just on a speeding ambulance. So you've got. So it's basically my dinner with Andre meets Avengers. I get it. I got it. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we it was, you know really trying to keep it as small as you know small scope as we could. Um, but that's sort of the genesis of the idea. And we worked on and off with a friend of ours named Nick Rufka, who's a screenwriter. We worked with him for a number of years whenever we had free time, which wasn't much. Because we're all, we're all working. working yeah. And developing the screenplay. And sort of it re- we, we had gone down the road with a production company like pretty far thinking we were going to get it made. Like crewing up. Yeah. Like we were, mm-hmm. we thought we were very close. And then. Just Posted. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. I can't. I don't even, I don't even understand how the hell. That's, that's the first I've ever heard of something like that yeah. happening in this business. I, Except for that when it happens to you, you're like, what? Yeah, we, yeah. What, what just happened? What did we, what did we do? You know? It's we not were, your fault. It's theirs. It's it's just it's just the it's, it's, the money's about to drop. Um, that's always it. I, ha, I have the I have the letters of intent. It, yeah, the, right. the, the actor is almost attached. Things are almost there. Let's start crewing up. We have yeah. and, you start, and you go through all this kind of you walk the walk, but you're not really getting. You're just kind of like walking it, and you get farther. That's farther than most, by the way. That's much farther yeah. than ours. Pretty exciting. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it felt great. We were there was dumb. lots of flare ups. Yes, we were very itchy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so that was going long, and then that kind of you know went away and then we kind of but we had had so many we were so ready that we're just like we're just gonna do it ourselves yeah, yeah. Oh, that's our dog barking it's okay we, we, we move on in the show we just keep going so so the budget you uh what was the budget of the film in the first place so we shot it for one hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars uh, 
yeah. And since, uh, you know, Nick did all did uh, the visual effects and what we could do with what Nick could do for free was also very instrumental into how we developed the, the script. Yeah. We sort of said, okay, we know we can do this X, Y, and Z. And we sort of, we structured things around that. Like no stuff I could specifically do, do myself. We had, we had help from a few friends, um, but uh, yeah, so it was one hundred fifty thousand. Um, and you pay, and you, and you got it yourself. That was money from your own pocket. Yes. So how we, at the time, I was I a friend of mine. We had our own visual effects company, and we were we were done. We were done running a visual effects company. Shocking again. Also shocking being in yeah, post. Shocking. It was, it was it was it was too much, and so we're like, well, let's let's get out of this. So you guys got the budget yourself. So how did you get, how did you raise the money? So at the time, after the production companies fell apart, uh, I had a visual effects company with a friend of mine, and we were we were burned out, and so we decided to close up shop and and sell off the visual effects company. And in doing that, that provided us with the budget. We were just like, hey, kind of a windfall. Let's just take it and invest in ourselves. And you know, the point was just to get on the board. You know, like we just gotta get get one done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get one done. And, and, it's an, and it's an ambitious one. I mean, you guys are, you know, you guys both were professional filmmakers in one way, shape or form, whether in both sides of your film. So you guys weren't just like fresh off the boat going, I'm going to make a movie. And, you know, just and and uh, I don't know what accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> It might be easier to be just like ignorance is bliss and just I, some, yeah, sometimes it is, but you guys are going yeah. after an ambitious project with some visual yeah. effects and stuff like that. Trust me, I've worked, and I'm sure you have too, Nick. And in, in, in when you get films and people who don't know about the visual effects, like, <laughs> yes. So there's four different colors of green screen in the same yeah. shot that they're crossing. <laughs> oh, and his shirt's green. Fantastic. Oh, I got a roto. I got a roto. Everything. Oh, great. Oh, you got five dollars. Oh, that's fantastic. No wonder you yeah. closed your business down, sir. Yes, exactly. It was all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> that just the the stress that goes along with with that. So we had that money, and we, you know, we we knew what we wanted to do. We had a, you know, the plan. We had two producers, uh, uh, Paul and Doug, and they. Um, they helped us a lot sort of put things together because they had produced a number of, you know, micro budget features and their experience uh, was invaluable to sort of get things budgeted, get things figured out. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we could not, they were awesome there. You know, they were our, yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. We could not have done it without them. And you had, and and who was, uh, I mean, do you have any marquee talent or did you just have some faces that people could recognize? Yeah, we, um, Vicky, Judy from Orange is the New Black, who, um, Played Janae Watson, who was like the track star on the first couple uh, on the first couple, I mean, well, yeah, all the way through, but was featured in the first seasons. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so that was our main. Yeah, so she's one. our lead. It's only three characters. <laughs> I mean, really, and she's you know she she was on a, at the time, especially Orange and New Black was really popular. Um, so she was you know people knew who she was. Um, our other our other star. Um, Sean Parsons. Parsons. He had been on this short called The Gunfighter, which was a million people. Saw. I yes. saw it. I saw it. It's fantastic. Yes. Right. Amazing it's short. So yeah. he, you know, a lot of people knew, you know, he had been seen, eyeballs had been on him. Um, he'd been in a number of smaller roles. And then Jason Antoon, our third actor, his 
you know, he's in Minority Report. He, he's, he's, he's on Claws now. He plays Dr. Ken. Um, he's like just a fantastic actor. And, but, no, yeah. but no major names that would actually no. bring dollars to the bottom line. Got it. No. But I don't, so 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 far everything seems to be working. You know, if, if I'm if I'm grading this, if if I may be so bold, <laughs> if I'm grading the situation, you've got two accomplished filmmakers who have been in the business for a while. You're making a fairly low budget film, about one hundred fifty thousand dollars, has some visual effects in it. It has a genre that's very you know, even though it's a kind of hybrid of a indie drama it's mixed drama. with. Yeah. yeah, but you could still you know, there's some there's an explosion or two. There's some fun it's there. Some- it's so, and you have a couple of faces that people recognize. So it's not a, I mean, trust me, I've heard colossal, ridiculous business plans before. This is, you're so far, you're doing okay. Um, there should be no reason why you could not recoup that budget and even, God forbid, make some money. I mean, I'm just saying maybe in theory so far. So I have to ask you, what was, at what point in this entire process did you think about distribution or think about how you were going to recoup your money? <laughs> Nick, mean, Nick is just shaking his head no. Well, <laughs> honestly, we were all we knew was to apply to to film festivals. To festivals. All right, that's all we knew what we, to do. We were, I mean, I mean, we'll be completely honest. We were like extremely naive when it came to after the movie was done. <laughs> most I mean, most I, filmmakers are. Yeah, <laughs> and, just, and we kind of realized that. I mean, and you know, and I don't think we were like you know, overly confident, like, oh no, we got this. We just were like, you know, we know we have visual effects. We know it's a marketable thing. We know similar movies like this do okay as far as we can tell because this information is controlled like Fort Knox. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to get legit information on small movies. Yeah, and the year we applied to Sundance was the year of that expose where it was like sort of revealed that, you know, if you get a voucher, that's a good sign that, you know, you maybe you're on the inside and it's all sort of rigged. Oh yeah, it uh, is. I mean, you know, it, I mean, so- it, 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 look, there's, I was involved with the movie that I did post on that actually got into Sundance and, and it wasn't rigged and it was this $200,000 or $100,000 indie, like super indie, very character piece driven and it got in and it won two awards and it was dropped off 30 minutes before the last day before they closed the doors here in LA. So that was, but that was 2010. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and, and it was that, it was a changing of the guard, but generally speaking Sundance, and I'm not going to say this like Sundance is rigged. There's portions of it that are, there's pre, I mean, there's definitely backdoor deals. There's definitely, Hey, I've got this new movie with Steve Carell in it. Right. And there's a system for getting in if you've done the labs and all that. And yeah, there's all of that stuff. Filmmakers, yeah. yeah, we just were blinded by the, the brand back in the day when it, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's, I think it's even if you sort of understand that in your mind, your heart says, no, we can win the lottery. No, <laughs> we can win. And and that's the thing that I, I talk about so much is that lottery ticket mentality. Look, I submitted to film. Look, you all submit. I've donated so much to Robert Redford's retirement plan. It's <laughs> it's not even funny. So I always just look at it when I submit my film. I'm like, look, I'm buying a lottery ticket and yeah. and I don't plan to get in. I can't use that as my distribution model. Uh, it's just – you know what? If you, why not? And if it's fifty bucks and you don't mind losing fifty bucks, if it's seventy-five bucks, you don't mind losing seventy-five bucks. Go for it. But the odds are so astronomical against you is is not even funny. And most filmmakers have the exact same thoughts patterns that you did. Well, like 
well, we'll finish the movie and then we'll just submit to Sundance and South by in Toronto and something has to work out. Yes. That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of where we were at. I mean, we, we thought if not one of the big sort of three to five, then one of sort of the second tier of mm -hmm. sort of higher end genre. Stuff. genre. Yeah, that's kind of was our, that was our, the extent of our plan. Like fantastic fest. We were, we would have died to get into. Yeah. But it seemed to me on a marketing standpoint from your film, you're not indie enough to be indie and you're not superhero enough to be genre. So you're caught in this weird gray yeah, totally. area. Yep. Yeah. And so when we didn't get into, so we applied to Sundance, didn't get in, but at the same time we had a little bit of a web presence with a great little teaser mm -hmm. and we started getting cold called from sales agents. Mm -hmm. We had also been to fantastic fest as fans and met some of the Talk sales agents there and um, submitted to 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 them, and they said that that's what they said. It's not there's not enough genre. There's not enough. There's not enough. Yeah, basically. there's not enough action to or like sort of that kind of thing to classify it as like a true action movie, even though it does have explosions and it's too genre to be like considered as a straight drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, which. We, we didn't even like, again. We thought there we thought there was enough action. We we did think there was enough. Like, we you're splitting. Thinking. So you're from from at least from my perspective, you're splitting your audience. So you you can't target the indie crowd, which is a tough audience to to, to go after anyway. Like the whole art art house film festival crowd because it's got superheroes in it, and that's just not you know. And then you can't target the superheroes. And it's like, oh, that's just an indie two guys talking in an ambulance. Yeah, too much talking. R right. So it's a weird. <laughs> Uh, we we would watch this movie because we're both we both love indie and we both love superheroes. I do too. There's I gotta would be more it. people like us, you know. But then you have to analyze. But you have to analyze then the market and like, okay, well, we want to watch this movie, but how are we going to actually target those films? How are we actually target that audience? How, how any of this thought pattern in regards to distribution uh, really, and I talk about it and I'm not to promote my new book, but I, I talk tremendously about it in the new book about how to become a, how to make your movie into a business. Um, but all right. So you get call cold call from uh, sales agents. So explain to people what a sales agent is. I've talked about it before a little bit, but just so everyone listening understands what a sales agent is. So a sales agent will rep you at the markets, um, take a, a commission from the sales and a and and basically their their PR, you pay for their their PR. Sort of a limited, sort of narrow PR kind of thing to sort of they have to so, hype it just enough to as they as they sell it. So wait a minute. So the so the deal. What was the percentage deal? If you want me to ask from the agent, did he take like twenty percent? Uh, it is, I believe it's 10% from domestic and 20 from foreign and 20 from foreign. I yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah. then there was a marketing budget for him. Yes. Uh, there was, there was money taken out for promotional material at the markets. Well, uh, and, the, and, and what was, and what was, the, what was the cost on that? Uh, it's. I mean, it's fifteen grand. They took out fifteen grand, oh. and they say, and they, and they sort of tell you, you know, we're going to add up the expenses, and it won't are. go over fifteen grand. Of course, so not. it's fourteen nine five 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 with know, like obviously a very detailed report on how these expenses were done. Correct? I mean, obviously, <laughs> any business would do this, <laughs> we, and that was one of the things we were sold on. We're like, oh, this person is 
willing to be totally transparent, we have never seen receipts. Yeah, we've seen a very sort of top line, vague sort of explanation as to what it, this was spent on um, at the markets. Uh, and also told we were going to split it with the other films that were being promoted, but it, it does not. No, so appear. the way so the way it works is, uh, and I, I I look at AFM. I met some very nice sales agents. I am friends with some very good sales yes, agents. There absolutely. are good sales agents out there. Yes. With that said, they're also predatory sales agents. I'm not saying yours is, but this is what they generally will do. They will say it's only a fifteen thousand dollar thing, and we're going to take five films in that, but they're going to charge each film fifteen thousand dollars. They're not going to spread the cost across. They're going to charge each, and they're going to eat caviar. They're going to eat sushi. <laughs> they're going to travel first class. Yeah. They're going to drink champagne, and uh, and they're going to be driving probably the ta- some strippers. There, there's a, there's, there's, there's probably a stripper or two in there, and and there's a Tesla. I'm sure. So <laughs> so and maybe a, a Tesla, maybe there's champagne with caviar and sushi and a stripper inside the Tesla. I'm just saying, yes. as they drive to AFM, let's oh, say. We should have been at the party. But you were, ho- but you were hosting the party. So yeah. okay, so so now you've thrown a middleman in between the next two or three middlemen because there's met multiple middlemen in this road to profitability. Okay, right. so the so- sales agent is now repping your movie. How long was that deal for, by the way? Five years? Five years. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Okay, so now it's a five-year... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, at five years, and if the initials in the in the first year, if the sales were under, I think it was 50,000, mm-hmm. we got, we got, the rights went back to us. Right. And they, they were 50 in the first year. You know, of, of we, we saw... Did. It was, yeah. Of course. So it, yeah, and it's... It, it was so we were excited yeah i mean initially with lots of offers like right you know pretty right out of afm Mm -hmm. um lower than the projections but it still was really exciting and Mm -hmm. um so let's let's stop it for a second let's talk about projections so i want people to understand the magical words of projection because it's a wonderful sales technique that they use where they'll go look i think Here's the sales projections that we're going to lay out, which is absolute BS because nobody knows what they're going to get. But generally speaking, they say, hey, we're going to – I think in Germany we can sell this for five grand. And then this – so is that what they were basically throwing out at you? Yep. We got a full like breakdown of kind of like, ex- like sort of across the markets, what was expected. Um, and we were totally honest like saying we would love to recoup $250,000. So the projections were conveniently, I think, for three fifty. Yeah, something like that. It, it, it was more than we want. You know, it was it like was a, the right sweet spot of like what would make us really happy. And we're like, yeah, we we you know we would be ecstatic if we got a little bit more than we invested. We would be ecstatic. So we were like, you know, his projections, great. We'd also just want to point. Out, we talked to a number of people he had repped, and they had great things to say. Did they? Uh, did uh, those people that he provided, or did you actually go out and look? That was the thing that they provided. provided. He provided, provided, yeah. Yeah. I know. uh, You've been thrown every trick of the book here. I'm like every little thing. Yeah. And I just, I want to just say an aside of like, and maybe we'll get to this, but I just want to put this out there is we, while, while Paul and Doug helped us produce the movie and get the movie made, they were for production. They, they were there for post, you know, watching cuts with us, giving us, you Mm -hmm. know, encouragement, but they were not sort of post producers. It was just the two of us for all of post into distribution. And that's our biggest sort of regret is we didn't have somebody else right. with us that could help guide us. Cause we had them guiding us in production. Why didn't we have that other person who could have 
helped us with this stuff. And just be perspective because we were too in it and too emotionally invested, really, I yeah. think, to, to, to be like, well, wait a second, maybe we don't, maybe we ask a couple people who aren't on their list, yeah. you know? It's the um, thing is that we're sold this model from the moment we even hear about the film business. Like you've got to make your movie and, and then give it to a distributor and they're going to write you a fat check. And it's just a story that has been told to independent filmmakers since the dawn of independent filmmaking. Uh, it's yeah. just the story that it's just the way it is. So you're just like, I just got to make my movie. I just want to make my movie. I don't want to think about the business. I yeah. don't want to think about, let's hire someone to do that, but, or we'll figure it out or we'll submit to Sundance. So, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so we, back to the, what you were saying, we have the, the projections mm-hmm. um, and uh, they seemed very reasonable. And we're like, even if it's a f- half of this, we'd be like, well, because okay. yeah, we knew that they were going to be over over projected. Were we were, we buffered. you know, we're you know, we figured that's but that's fair. I mean, that's part sales. I mean, buck seventy five, buck seventy five. I'm happy. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, and so you know, we looked at this um, and we're like, okay, let's do it. And and at this point, though, we were very burned out on making the like exactly. Yeah. We were very burned out. We had gone back to the drawing board when they when we were told we needed more action and be like, okay, what could we shoot very easily? Like three or four things we could shoot with if we hired like a stunt double Yeah, and do like a couple of little things just to pepper it a little bit. We had started planning 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 it and it was exhausting. And we were like, I don't know. We want to do this. I don't know if we can. And so when this sales agent came along and was super encouraging, he would describe our, you know, sort of how he pitched selling the movie. It was like that. You get it. You get what this movie's about. It was. It, we couldn't resist because we were we were too burned out from post. Just to, what you know, year was this, by the way? So this was. So we went to AFM um, in 2016. Okay, it's different, very different world than it is today. Yeah, without I think, question. I think that was maybe even a turning point year because yeah. you know I think we gave the benefit of the doubt of like those projections might've been from the previous yeah. year, you know, but, but it's just totally different. And there was of course, no minimum guarantee thrown up out front of you. So with the, with the deals that we got, we were shown a, you know, a flat fee. Uh, no, but with him, he didn't give you a minimum guarantee. No, no. no. Okay. No. So now, so I'm just trying, so I can explain it to everyone listening. So now you have a sales agent who's a middleman to then sell it to another middleman, which is a distributor or a distribution company per territory. And and he took world, I'm assuming. He didn't just take yeah. domestic or foreign. He took world. Okay. Yeah. So he took all the rights, basically. So you gave all your rights to this guy for five years, yeah. and he's going to rep your film, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then now he's going out, and he's getting deals um, internationally, basically, right? So he's selling a territory here, territory there. So how'd that go? First, I just want to also point out that the, the other great thing – in our eyes about having a sales agent is they take care of all the, but you're paying them to take care of all the paperwork, all the delivery, you know, all the QC stuff happening. Like there was something really nice about that too. And that but you're, you pay for, but you pay for and that. You're paying for it. And, you're and, paying and, for it. and that market rates either you're getting paid, you're getting double charged and triple charged. What you know, would they be right. 
Exactly. Costs. So that's a hidden thing that comes in later too. But, <laughs> um, but that was part, that was another part of the, just, yeah. I mean, it made it sound like, it, you know, his, them handling that stuff sounded very appealing again, because we had been dealing with, yeah. you know, and let's just move on to our next film yeah. and like, so we, yeah, so we got a right. number of, we had a number of offers right off the bat. I think, I think Taiwan and Japan and, and, UK China, was our first one. and China were right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, so I, I think China was 10 grand, Taiwan was four grand and Japan was 10 grand. And those were like within, I think the first month of AFM, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, those were coming right off of AFM, which is our first market. Yeah, so we're like, this is amazing. Yeah, this we is were, so easy. I don't know why everyone doesn't do this. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> and fantastic. by the way, those are the people that we talked to, that he had given as our as people to talk to, as people who had sort of were just in that same zone that we were in, where they had just. Oh, had so he, you hadn't you hadn't talked to anybody who had been down the line with him two exactly. three years. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you just basically talked to. We're still in the high of getting offers. Yeah. So basically, you know, all I look these. Back now I'm like, oh well, we would have said the same thing. Yeah. Right. You know, it was it was exciting. <laughs> oh, oh, this guy was professional. I got to give it to him. He really yeah. knew how to do this. And again, I don't I don't know who he is. I don't want to say his name, uh, but and, and 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 just I want to just say like so getting so we had those and like right off the bat um, we got those those offers that sounded great because there were others where he was like no too low don't take this they'll be they'll be better yes, ones or that person doesn't we haven't you know gotten checks in a timely manner like it all was really good information they don't we pay were, yeah wait for something else and so we were very pleased with the relationship and we did and we waited and we got a better offer for for you know the first offer from from japan was half as much so mm-hmm. we got another one it was twice as much so, super. so uh, it probably quick, had something to do with the strippers yeah obviously obviously um but so um you see the stripper thing just threw me off hold on a second I'm sorry. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you a very good question. Okay. Did he ask for a credit or a logo in front of your movie? Yes. He does have a logo in front of the movie. There's not a credit. There's, but there's a logo in front of the movie. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. So now you're getting projections coming in. And I just want to, you know, one right is I just want to back up just one moment. We, we had contracts with him and we – we're, you know, because we knew AFM was coming up, we were getting pressure to sign these quickly, which oh, we understood. We understood why, and we, uh, you know, we briefly ran them by some folks. They were like, "This, oh is, yeah, this is probably bad news." And we're like, "Okay." We fought back on a couple of things, but again, we had the pressure of we knew. I mean, and we knew AFM was coming, and we were burned out. We wanted this movie out of the house. We wanted it out. We wanted literally because we edited it in our house. <laughs> yeah. We wanted it. We wanted it out there. Um, so I feel like there was a sort of rush that, you know, retrospect, we had all the time in the world to analyze these contracts and, and deal with them. That was another but, thing I was going to ask you. You, so you didn't have a, 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 a entertainment attorney that you hired somebody that we, actually did, look we at. did. We did have someone go through it very quickly. Um, as a favor or as a per, as an actual deal? No, we paid them. We paid. Them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and they uh, and they warned you, and they warned they you about something. Yes, yeah. And so there were certain things that we were well aware. The the things that we talked about that weren't working out for us. That wasn't. I don't even know if that stuff came that up. We that, saw that. Like the you know the the you know how the the expenses and stuff. That was there were other things that can't even remember at this point, but. We were also reticent at that point to keep dumping money into a lawyer because, again, burned out, 
emotionally and financially at this point as well. Um, Right. Uh, and that's, so, 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 and again, I want to clear, I really want to clarify for everyone listening. So you've given this man, uh, and the sales agent, uh, the power to represent your film. So then they have the power to cut any deal they want exteriorly, or do you have a, a say or not? Yeah, we have a say. There was always an, I mean, to our knowledge, there yeah. was always a, you have an offer for this. Do you want to take it or not? So there but was did you see contracts though? Did you ever so see contracts? Never, you contract. never seen a contract. And that's, right. that's what I'm saying. So he could tell you the numbers, but he doesn't tell you what's in that deal. You. That could be well, that like, you're never going to see a dime other than this or that or blah, blah, blah. More than like, I mean, we kind of figured that, but uh, again, we were, these deals came in right away. And then... You know, then it kind of it lulled, and then it picked up. I, I can't remember when we got the domestic offer. Maybe like in the summer. Well, we didn't find out about it until October. Like we found out about September. The, well, we found out. We so we got a domestic offer. Let's skip to the. We got a domestic offer. It was with a a reputable company. We knew the company. We had seen movies that they had released. They wanted the, to do a DVD, a Wal- Walmart DVD, Walmart exclusive, and all streaming. Which mm-hmm. we thought that amazing. So no MG on that either. It was going to be a revenue share on that one as well. Uh, no, no, it was ten grand up front. Okay, so there was an MG from that deal. Yeah, it was yeah. an, yep. a ten thousand dollar MG. Yep. Okay, um, and for all so of them, for all of domestic, all of domestic. Okay, and but we, you know, again, the company we knew the company because you know at that point it had been quiet. We hadn't gotten some offer. You know, number of people turned us down. Like other notable companies turned us down. Um, so we were very excited that it was going to be, you know, it, it was going to be out there where people would be able to see it. And I was just going to say like what we got pretty much every month was a list of everybody they had sent it to that had watched it, that were considering it or who had made offers. So you sort of get a list every, every month, every month and it, it's like, feels like there's traction happening because, um, you kind of see, you know, people passed or people uh, still considering or they're still considering. And so it was, you know, you, you see who it's out to and you're like, okay, wow. You know, that's, it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of smoke and mirrors is what you're telling me. Yes. Yeah. yeah, We would say, and then, and at that point, you know, with the, with the domestic, I, I believe we had received some money because that's when we found about, found out about the expenses uh, that was being taken out. So, so when we get there, I'm, cause that's a whole okay. conversation I want to really get into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So now you, so, uh, before we get into the expenses, uh, another part that filmmakers don't really realize a lot is that when you sign over the rights to uh, a distributor, let's say they can market that film, however the heck they want to, and they can package it however you want to. And before you tell me your horror story, I'm going to tell you my first horror story. Okay. Where I, I had a group, I had a group of short films that I put up together as an anthology and it was sold domestically to a predatory film distributor who, um, and I had a sales agent. Okay. And they so they so they you know sold it no money up front it was just a rev deal, and then I started seeing the artwork come back and it was like some hot woman who's not in the movie with a gun. See who it's out to, and you're like, okay, wow, you know that's it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of smoke and mirrors is what you're telling me. Yes, it, yes. I mean, yeah, we would say, and then and at that point, you know, with the with the domestic, I, I believe we had received some money because that's when we found about found out about the expenses 
uh, that was being taken out. So, so when we get there, because that's a whole okay. conversation I want to really get into. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so now you. So uh, before we get into the expenses, uh, another part that filmmakers don't really realize a lot is that when you sign over the rights to uh, a distributor, let's say they can market that film however the heck they want to, and they can package it however you want to. And before you tell me your horror story, I'm going to tell you my first horror story. Okay. Where I had a group. I had a group of short films that I put up together as an anthology, and it was sold domestically to a predatory film distributor. Who um, and I had a sales agent, okay, and they so they so they you know sold it no money up front. It was just a rev deal, and then I started seeing the artwork come back, and it was like some hot woman who's not in the movie with a gun, and <laughs> and then there's like a small image of a couple of the stills from my movie. I was like, what is this? And it's, you know, it's all this stuff. So, but luckily, I was able to get that out of their hands because of the technicality in the agreement. Where mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. was able to get it back, and that distributor never distributed that, or else it would have been gone for seven years. Uh, and it was a bunch of short films that I really, you know, it's you know, whatever. But I still wanted, I got everything back. That was my experience with that personally. And then I've seen thousands of it in post production. Just yeah, I've seen I've seen distributors change the name of the movie to start with the letter A, so it's at the top of the. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so the, what was your uh, experience? I think that was one thing in the contract that we were wary of, but he would not budge on is that they had final say on the poster. And we had invested on making a really great a good, yeah. poster. It's beautiful. So we, I saw the poster. I saw your thank poster. Thank you. Beautiful. So we went into it thinking like, well, okay, well, why spend money on something when we, they have We it had this done? made and, and, you know, we copied. Well, mean, because they're going to charge. Not that we board. copied, but. At the time, Sicario had just came out. Sicario was a well-received movie. We heavily were influenced by the poster design of Sicario. <laughs> I, no- I noticed that. Yes, <laughs> I, and I'm shamelessly saying that because it's, it's a cool post. It's a cool poster. Sure. And you know, with that Emily Blunt was the way she was featured in it. Like that, we felt like okay, this is a great way to to sit. But it yeah. also Sicario is an action so, movie. I mean, yeah. it is. So. And so going back to the things that uh, Nick and uh, the mashup of sort of Nick and I making this movie is the thing that was very important to me was female lead. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we ended up extending the idea of parody into our crew as well. And we had, uh, mostly female, uh, heads of departments and we ended up getting the reframe stamp, which is, um, awarded through Sundance and women in film. So we're like super proud of that. Awesome. Um, and I just want to preface that. Yeah, yeah, that's a reason for that. <laughs> when we got their poster that featured our white male superhero mm-hmm. without her on the cover at all, I was heartbroken. Yeah. So Vicky, who again, the most arguably the, the most known of the three actors was not even on the artwork anywhere. She wasn't, she wasn't anywhere. And with the first that we saw this, this you know this image of of our you know this just the superhero and some fire and and some buildings exploding and we love our our superhero actor Sean is amazing he does a great job in the in the movie yeah and um, no slight to Sean being on the cover Sean should also be on the cover correct right exactly <laughs> um but it just was like this is not the film this it is, is not this is not the, the film. movie and anybody that watches this is going to be disappointed so, so how be, does that be, help you know so you're telling me that a distributor 
Mark created a poster that wasn't really on the nose and really wasn't representative of the topic of the film just to sell it and deceive the public? Yes. Oh, my God. So I said, what is there to believe in anymore? I think in our (laughs) point of view, why do you need to deceive the public? Exactly. You know, what is the point in deceiving the public? I get that. This is my feeling because you've been screwed by a a trailer, I'm sure. You know, you like this trailer. I'm like, oh, this is great. And there was a movie that came out just – and it was an Amazon Prime movie and it had like Olivia – had Olivia Wilde in it and had – oh, God, uh, the guy from uh, uh, – Isaac Hayes, and uh, Isaac's, um, what's his name? Isaac's. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac's, and it was like a great freaking cast, and it was sold as like this really fun, all about love, rom- not, not comedy, but like a romantic drama kind of thing. And it was just funny, and there was a couple, and I'm like, this is great. And then I, st- my wife and I start watching the movie, and I'm going to ruin it because I don't want anyone to watch this. <laughs> Oscar shoots himself, and like straight up suicide on screen <laughs> and i'm like what the hell like half like halfway through the movie just straight up not not like off camera straight <sighs> and i'm like and the whole movie's like there every basically every little funny part is in the trailer right, so it was right. such a misleading oh it was from yeah. the writer of crazy sex uh, crazy love love acts not, not love action but crazy love something with um steve carell and, Carell and ryan thing. huh yeah, yeah the, the, the guy, the, the 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 Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crazy Sexy Love. Yeah, Crazy Sexy Love. Yeah, which oh, yeah. is a fantastic film. I love that film. So they were selling it as it was that. It was yeah. not. And yeah. so don't feel bad. There are other <laughs> other artists that do it too. Yeah, yeah. we. I mean, we understood that. Like, we we understood that there was probably going to be, you know, some sort of way it was going to be marketed. Or and, more sci-fi. Yeah, and so when when this so the the, yeah. uh, the sales agent had this poster made right to sell it at the market we're like oh so 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 that was the sales agent who put that poster together yes yes and and i would also like to say uh, coming from a visual effects and a a comp guru oh it's a horrible comp i saw the poster (laughs) it's a it's a it's a terrible comp it was a terrible design it was a terrible comp it's so a it's so afme and if you understand what that means it is so afme you can do that you could replace that with John Claude Van Damme and make it a cyborg, and you're done. You're good. You're good. Yeah. And so, okay. We, and all of his other movies look the same way. Yeah. And so we figured, okay, fine. Sell, fine. Fine. Sell it that way. And <laughs> you guys are just giving up. You're just like, I, 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 I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. I mean, we gave notes, but it was on. Uh, deaf, deaf ears. Deaf yeah. Ears. Sure. So, but we thought, well, you know, fine. Overseas, whatever. Fine. We'll hold out hope for domestic that we can at least try and talk to them and get our poster in there. Because again, our poster was made copying a Hollywood, you know, a Hollywood movie poster, which after Sicario became a design trend that was seen in so many movies. Still, still, like, like it's still really white common. background collage in the middle became like a very common design. So yeah, we like, knew it like was, floating heads or any of the other. Yeah, ones. yeah but with the, the white, the white back. I mean, it became a very prevalent trend. But then they did not. So we were we picked up domestic. It was and it was not used domestically. Right, um, and we, but it was crazy because when we talked to yeah, the we, company, they were like, "Oh, we really love your poster," and we're like, "Oh, great, will you use it?" And they were like, "Oh, well, we're already done. We've already done." Walmart everything. already picked what they want, and we don't know if Walmart even knew that there existed anything. It's just like so nobody's talking to one another. And you know, no, no, there are other people talking. There's just no one talking to you. 
These guys are doing things behind closed doors. You guys aren't getting spoken to, but I promise you, there there was a conversation about that cover. There was a conversation right. about how this was going to be sold. There's no question. And what's in the the other encouraging thing is we saw other artwork that this company used, and they definitely did not sort of traffic in the AFM look. They had a, a couple of movies that would do that sort of thing, but they had plenty of other movies that were doing, you know, much more sort of you know current design trend in cover mm-hmm. and you know in, in PR. That look is very B, you know. It's a B movie. It's it's C movie. It's B C movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I promise you, this is what happened. The sales agent, they go, "Where's the artwork?" And the sales agent just sent that artwork in, and yeah. that was what the company did. And they're like, afterwards, right. they're like, "Oh, what's this other poster? Oh, we already went down the road because we're a machine, and that's just the way a distribution right. company would work. Why are we going to go back and rechange it for this little? No, not going to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, you know, this this went on, and the sort of the other thing that happened with the domestic distribution is we knew we were told it was going to be released in the fall that's what we were told great it was already like september yeah and we we didn't know and so we were like you know we would ask our sales agent like hey you know what's what's happening i don't know i don't know we didn't find out till we knew we knew it was going to be i think we got a little bit of information that it was going to be october okay october so we started putting together our own sort of little premiere like we were going to rent a theater, you know, just to sort of give something for our cast and crew, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, try to build some buzz, yeah, have to, an event that could, that we could market in some yeah. way. And then we, but we didn't find out till like maybe 10 days before it was going to get released. Well, we found out because we saw it on presale. Did we? Didn't we? I, I and we were like, what's this? Nobody, but the point is nobody told us until it was way too late for us to like, actively mobilized to sort of get some kind of like social media traction. Uh, yeah, we just did not. So we kind of scrambled to do what we could, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was not enough time. Like we wish we were given two months warning to kind of start. 90 know. days, 90 days is general. You yeah. Know, yeah. Right. Or, or if, if you spent $200 million, it's a year. Like, you know, right, they, right. They, we're hearing about movies that are coming out next summer. I mean, and, and I guess the point is like we the night we're revealing all of our na- uh, naivete. naivetes. Yes, yeah. uh, we thought we would be told. We we kind of knew. Well, they're not they're not going to put a lot of money into it. We're going to have to be we'll responsible, put some in. Yeah. responsible for that. And yet they didn't capitalize on us as being able to drive anything. Like there was no communication as far no as conversation as, at all. No, no. it's like they're just putting they're just feeding the machine. They're just putting stuff out there. They're not in our experience, at least at our level, which is a very low level. But, you know, they're just they're just throwing stuff out there to see what sticks. And, you know, I think we wish we had the opportunity to just like really target audiences we thought would love the movie. And like we try, we did a little bit, but we nowhere near as much as we would have had we had more time yeah. to kind of And again, do. it's like something that gets away with, from you and you're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, it's, go- it's gone. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> you know. So, so with this, 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 uh, domestic distribution deal that you had, did the, well, what, did you see the terms of that deal in regards? So you have no idea what the terms of those deals are. You know that it's a, a year. Did they tell you how long they have the deal for? I believe it was five years. I thought it was five years. Five years on the streaming and Walmart had it for six months. Yeah. And the, the, DVD. the DVD exclusive. 
Got it. But this is just an email with bullet points. No contracts or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, I feel, I'm feeling, I just, I, I, I feel yeah. it so into my soul when I hear these stories and I yeah. hope everyone listening can feel not right, only your frustration, but my frustration as well, because I'm just right, like, that doesn't mean that that's going to be everyone's experience. It is going to be everyone's experience. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to tell you. I, I think this is the bottom every, of these. No, it's not. But- no, no. I need to stop you. It is not the bottom. <laughs> At all. And I want to make sure everyone listening to it, it is not unusual. It is not an outlier. This is not an outlier situation. This is business as usual for filmmakers. The outliers are, oh, I got paid. Oh, I had communication. Oh, I had some creative input into marketing. Oh, right. we, we we worked together as a team. That is an outlier situation. What yeah. you guys is everybody's experience and Uh, from somebody who's in doing this all the time this is i'm telling you so that being said i just want to just slightly be positive at this moment (laughs) how dare you yeah no i don't how dare you we got domestic distribution we're everywhere we're on every streaming platform sure we're you know on we were we we showed up on prime unbeknownst to us all somebody one of our friends was like hey did you guys know you're now streaming on prime like no i I understand so i if and if i told and if i told you now if i told you that uh me personally i could have probably gotten you on all those platforms um for a very little bit amount of money uh with that Uh, and you would have kept your money like yeah. So I so other people like, oh, well, they got me on the platforms. Like, you can get yourself on the platforms either through an aggregator or even through a a, a decent distribution deal with a smaller company. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think like we have seen other avenues that get people onto the onto the platforms. But again, I think because like you know our movie, you know when it the week before it was on the top of the iTunes pre-orders, like it was there for a few days, like it was nice. right there. Like we, we had that moment where people, you know, it, it, but had we had a little more warning, could, could, what could it have, what could it have been? Yeah. Right. So this is October of 2017 that it hit. Yeah. DVD. End of the month. DVD shelves. Yes. Um, It hit the streets. It hit the streets, if you will. It It hit hit the the streets. streets. Yeah. Well, also literally, because then maybe a year later, it ended up on a, uh, Pirating oh, right. So platform. A, a friend of, of ours course. emailed say, Hey, you guys, you know, you're on, you, there's this, this torrent aggregator and your movie, the top 50 movies. That's awesome. Our movie <laughs> was the, no, I, we were shocked. And it was, everybody the, always asks us if you're like, did you send a deceased, and deceased letter? Uh, no, no. no we, we, because if people want to click on it, we're happy. Uh, so it was there. It was the only indie movie out of the entire 50. There was not a single other, every other movie you knew you had seen this movie. It was a big, it's like Hollywood Bumblebee release. and Jurassic park. But it was because it was sold as an, it was because it was sold as a superhero action movie. Well, however, well, here's the, here's the catch. It was pulling from IMDB, which has our poster. Oh, so nice. It was yeah. not the, the marketed ad or, key artwork it was our so artwork. what you're saying is your artwork might have sold this movie better is what you're saying that's what we're saying stop that's what we're saying alex oh my god yes. oh I mean, i'm sure there's something to this like random movie uh, being in the middle and people just being like what what's this uh, no and we know that's what it was it. i never heard of this we're gonna click on it but it was there for a good seven months if this you it, this is the way i look at and uh, piracy is a thing that comes up a lot of times especially with indie films and i always tell people i'm like look if you've made it to the torrent pages You've you've arrived. 
um, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there just isn't. There just really no, and, isn't. And all we want is for people to see our movie. That's all. That's all we want <laughs> at this point. At this point, because we know we're not getting the money. So at this point, all I, we want I just is for people. people not for people not watching this. I just saw Nick just like this. All we want, man. It's just it's just all. <laughs> it's just all we want. I, I literally saw him turn his head. Yeah, down. I was like, no, I just, no, we just, just want, want some eyeballs. We want like we know people. You know, we know that this movie is. There's people who this movie was made for. We yes. want them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you should be able to profit from this. You should be able to generate revenue from this. This is a business because someone made money. It just didn't happen to be you. But so I want to, so now let's go down to the breaking down the, 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 uh, so, and I'm going to ask this question because I have it written down. Obviously there was absolutely no reporting on any marketing, how it was broken down, anything like that. No. 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 Okay. And there was no reporting on the revenue other than just like very big bullet points, like Japan, $10,000. That's it. We, we, the one thing we've seen, we've seen a sales sheet from the Japanese uh, distribution company. Okay. Uh, it was almost impenetrably complicated looking. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like all these documents are very hard to very read. Very complicated. By, by design. Uh, by by yes. design. Yeah. Just like, oh, okay. Um, but it, but this document is basically like, yeah, you sold this much, this much, you're owed nothing. There's a zero at the bottom, but you know, 500 units of this, you know, honestly, way more than we would have ever expected. I mean, we're like 500 people. You can't, you can't walk the streets in Japan. That's how famous you are. Like you are, you're huge in Japan. You're huge in Japan. (laughs) We are happy. We're so happy that somebody, you know, sight unseen bought this. I mean, it's, it's a thrill that people want to watch a movie. It's I, on. It's on France Amazon. Le Fleur. Yeah, the I mean, I, the, so iron, the iron arm. I think is what it's called in, in France. France. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the iron arm. But I'm laughing because it's not what you intended. This no. is not. This is not the creative intent here. No. Yeah. Although it's it's actually the guy's interesting. Name the, is Armstrong. Yeah. The the French the French France did their own artwork, which. Was very interesting looking. It was like a. Well, we were charged for that too. Yeah, I guess we we, we were charged for that. <laughs> okay, so I gotta hear. I gotta hear this. All right, so let's break. Can you can you break down yes. these expenses? I would love to hear yeah. this. So how so much came in, and then what are the expenses? So what we were told, as far as what these contracts uh, added up to, was about sixty two thousand dollars worth of uh, contracts to to different territories, territories. including. Domestic. Uh, the domestic. Yeah, this is yeah. So it's and this is this could be out of date. This was you know we've seen. I don't other, think that total has changed though. But where, some of this other oh, stuff. Yeah, Latin America is there because there's been times where things we've been told is going through and then it fell apart. Right. So you know, but yeah, we're we're operating off of sixty two thousand right now. Real, real quick, before we go, can in the contract can do you have the right to audit? I believe we do. I you should start. You should start auditing ASAP. Yeah. So you know, we we thought you know, uh, a friend of ours. We've now become good friends with an entertainment lawyer, and he's like, "Can I see those contracts? I'm just curious." Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah well, we sure. and at one point we said, and we, <clears throat> not in a threatening way, but sort of like, you know, we just a friend of ours told us that we should audit you guys. And they were like, oh, no, 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 we don't need to do that. Like, No, 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 go look over there around the corner, but this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ignore the guy behind the curtain. And that's and that's exactly when we knew we needed to. And, and we also, we talked to a, another acquaintance who is a filmmaker who made a movie much bigger than ours, you know, small, still smaller, but a much bigger with a much bigger distributor. 
he had almost the exact same story oh, yeah. to tell oh, yeah. about all of this. Like, if not were, worse, if not worse, if because not they spent worse, more money. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> it was more. And that may, actually made me feel better. It sucks, but it made me feel better that like, it's not just us. It's right. well, like Alex is saying. Yeah. Like, it's everybody at a mu- even a much, you know, a triple our budget. No, uh, more like multi million. Yeah. Million. Three million. I think the budget was so, Oh, oh, the exact oh. same story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think I think initially we were like, well, the last thing we want to do is spend more money on trying to get money. That's the, you know, when we go down these numbers, it's that number is not that high. All right, so How sixty-two thousand. Now that we have yeah, a lawyer okay. that might do it for free. Yeah, maybe. We'll, okay, so sixty-two thousand in in total sales uh, across the across the world. Um, out of that, there has been um, commissions. Yeah. 10,000 in commissions. Commissions. What's commissions? Meaning so that's the percentage from each of the contracts. For, from, for him or for him? For, for him. him. The sales agent, yeah. So but then grand. the expenses, which remember was $15,000 and they made it right to fourteen nine five five. With no explanation of how that money was spent. We did see a breakdown of like flights, hotel rooms, something. like And that stri- was- strippers, got it. And strippers. <laughs> yeah. strippers or sushi, got it. It was divvied up into sort of, you know, seven broad categories got it uh, so then for instance um we'll call this category withholdings um like france asked uh, <laughs> uh you know had some qc problems that then they had to fix we had to do some technical stuff to fix things for france which was we were they were you know they were thing there was like you know a bad pixel in one shot okay but you could have fixed that easily and we did fix it. We, we, we did no, all of these. All of these things we did fix. Yeah, we were still docked for it. However, how? Oh, so you did the work, but then you were still charged. Yes. Yeah. So that was some thir- of these they did. That how was thirteen. Yeah, yeah. How does this work? How does that? Okay, go ahead. We we don't we don't really know because again the the issues that France had like yes there was a bad pixel yes one of the audio channels had a sound effect that was part of the dub because France did a dub, which we're, we still have yet to hear, but France dubbed it. And we, there were some seatbelt sounds in one of the audio tracks that sort of got married to the, got in the way of that. So fine, whatever. So they had to ADR, they had to like Foley that out. We, We, but we did it. We did, we broke it out and sent it back to them. And you were still charged. So what was the charge for all this post work? So that's like a ten thousand dollar charge. That, well, well, wait a minute. That together, was, together. Well, together. But then we looked. No, this was something that came much later from South Korea. South. So Korea. South Korea paid us ten thousand dollars. Okay. Right. Great. We got. We then saw much later uh, withholding from South Korea for nine thousand nine hundred and fifty nine dollars. We don't. We have not followed up on this because this was a relatively recent thing. Uh, that we happened they, to notice this. They gave you forty-one, $31? $31. $41. Yeah. So th- this is something new to us that we have yet to even pursue. We don't know what's going on with this. And you've, right? spo- and you've spoken to the sales agent. He hasn't said anything about it? No, this is because we noticed this. Um, I don't know. We noticed that it was as sort of after the fact, like – um, well, communication with the sales agent it goes nowhere. So it it, it so you can't get them on the phone. Uh, we ha- well, we haven't. Yeah, you know, th- th- there's a, another story coming. So, okay, <laughs> please so that, continue. Yeah, we had the South Korea withholdings, and that again, we haven't. We don't know, really know what's going on with that. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, our total profits is around twenty four grand. 
we've been paid 16 grand. And so right now there is around $8,000 technically, you know, give or take ballpark is owed to us. So just to be clear, it went from 62,000 to 24,000 owed us. We've been paid about 16,000. So, you know, about 8,000 we're still due to be paid based on these initial contracts. We've got about a, about a, all, of all the money that was paid by somebody else, we got a third of it. And we're about two years in. Yeah, I was about to say, we're two years into this process. Well, three, AFM was three, our AFM was three years ago. Right, because yeah. they won't take it back to another AFM? They won't just keep selling it at the other AFMs? Well, they say that they do. I mean, they, you know, we're, we're still in their booklet as, of films mm. that they have available, but I don't, they're not selling us. But. And, and we had seen, so about a year ago, a year ago, right, we had seen a number of, like, we saw an offer from India, like three more kind of bigger, you know, reasonable, like $10,000, $5,000. And we saw that offer coming in. We got the we get the sales sheet, and we've gotten a couple of those that has like the actual money. Mm-hmm. So we've seen these from, from our sales agent. And they have, they, you know, what's been paid to us, what's been deducted, and we we get those. So we got one, and we saw some deductions on it that were like, wait a minute, you already took money out for uh, for domestic. So we had this domestic his, offer. His commissions, he's taking. From whatever he's sold, regardless or not he, that he's gotten and a check. paid, he takes his commissions off of what, off the top, whatever off of the agreed. Money. So basically, it's he's like, "Hey, I yeah. promised to give you ten thousand dollars in six years, but I'm going to take those two thousand uh, dollars right away, right off the top well, re- before the money comes in. So, but some, if some other money comes in, I'm going to just take that right off that, right? right. Regardless Jesus of Christ. things have fallen away. So, what you're going to pay us back a commission you already took for yourself? So highly unlikely. So we know that, like the because our our domestic distributor they um they had been bought by another company, and that's what we were why we were told the uh the payment was coming slow. I so want to ask. I so want to know the name, and I know who it is, and I know who it is. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it here. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find. Anybody wants to look at it, it will be all you gotta do is just go on on Amazon and see what who's selling it. That's all you need to know. Right? Exactly. Start the movie. So you can finish the movie yeah. too, but you'll see because that way they can get paid faster. I mean, Anna, we, we're hurting for them. <laughs> they really need That's to get true. that money as fast as humanly back, possible. Yeah. <laughs> so we we saw that he that that a sales agent had taken commission from the domestic payment from more additional foreign sales that were pending. Okay. So there was a, like a pending South American deal and a pending Indian deal, I believe, uh-huh. or UK deal. So, so we're like, they were like, so great news. Your domestic, domestic check came in. Um, you'll be getting $5,000. And we were like, no, no, no. You've already taken your commission for this, for our domestic. You took so your, we should get the whole You took out. your domestic out of our, our uh, Chinese deal. Right. Or, you know, you took that thousand. So we need the full 10 grand. Right. from from domestic we need like you've already taken it please give us the full 10 grand when this other stuff comes in then you can take your commission off that and that basically we have not talked that, to him that's since. broken the relationship uh when we asked know, it was like that is money. not how we do right. our, our accounting and we we're like well that is not good at accounting we want the ten thousand. they did give us the ten thousand, but that has been Okay. That has is now the blockade. There's there's no communication. We ask for things. We we're you know we, we haven't called honestly, but you know it's we, like 
we get set. We still get the updated sales thing every, you know, every six weeks or so. Which is just that list of where it's out to. It's not money. Yeah, it's so. not a sales sheet. It's like who they have it out. Yeah. I mean, when you say have it out, you mean that they're, they're talking to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't change because now it's been three. It's the same document every month. Pretty much. Because yeah. it's been three years now. They're not pushing our movie anymore. <sighs> yeah. Um, um, so that's why we're uh, saying, you know, there are a lot of things that we can follow up on. So why don't you have your attorney? Why don't you have your attorney friend just send him a nice little letter? That's it. I think that's our next step. Yeah, we because we do know there were like three other op things that were coming through like that we know is out there. So there should be some more money. The other thing that sort of happened was uh, South America asked for uh, E&O insurance. Which we have E&O insurance, but they wanted their E&O insurance. South, um, okay, let's clarify this. Some country in South America is Sorry, asking all of Latin America, Latin America. all of Latin. America. Okay. So, oh, so you're selling, so you're going to sell it to somebody for all of Latin America. Yeah, all of Latin America. Is that a, is that a, it's a foreign company, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, a sa- a yes, Latin American dis- distribution. A, South, a Latin American distribution company is asking for E&O insurance yep. um, because they're afraid of whatever from the States affecting um, you were shot here. So obviously there's the very unlikelihood of anything we, errors and omissions going to be affected by them. So I'm assuming, okay, so um, what's the cost of that E&O insurance for them? Do you not have E&O insurance? You had E&O insurance. So we, right? had, we had E&O for the domestic, which- Of course. We, yeah, we, we did. But that, that's not good enough. That's E&O not good insurance. enough. Right, exactly. And um, what was the cost of their E&O insurance? No, it was like, I think it was like 4000 okay. Yeah. And who's, and who's giving you these numbers? The sales this, agents. The sales agent. Yeah, so we reached out. We did reach out on our own to someone to eat free and out, didn't we? I thought we did, or was that the guy he supplied? I can't remember. I think we did both. Did both, because at that point we were like, "You deal with it. You deal with it. We're not like this is ridiculous. Just deal with it." And, and we know because the whole thing just felt real weird that this is that they were asking for you know for for this kind of thing, especially yeah. since we had it with a domestic company. Correct. And how? Real quick on the to back up a little bit. Uh, your QC reports. Who paid for those QC reports, and where did you get them done? In America, or like, did you? Yeah. You know, how did like? Was it their QC report guy, or was it your guys? How did it do? No, the the QC stuff that we got from France, like saying these this thing That's was wrong. Them. Yeah, that was them. We, but how about have- domestically? You had to have some sort of QC report for domestic, no? I don't think we ever saw one. I don't think we've seen one. I think we've never been charged for a QC report. No, no, not domestically. Um, So this was one thing that I believe like he, I think this was actually a selling point. I feel like he's, he's like, they have, they sales agent had a deal with someone to deal with the QC stuff that would not be charged on our, something like that. So basically they have a department that takes care of that stuff. Which was another great selling point that we don't have to deal with any of that. It was like it was a third party company, and we've talked. You know, we talked to them. All the material went through them. You know, that kind of thing. Like, but you weren't charged for that. Nothing no, on paper. Not a domestic. Yeah, nothing on paper. That what we've would seen. end up happening if, say, you know, like that France stuff where they kicked it back? They kicked it back to us, and we would, you know, because Nick has the skills, he could fix it. We fixed it. Yeah. I don't know what people would do if they couldn't fix it they'd be charged i think they charge it but the fact that we could do it ourselves i mean 
did, was there something for domestic? I don't think there was. It was just France. I don't think we ever saw that. We're, we're like, and you were charged a hefty, and you were, and we charged a hefty amount for that QC report in France, right? Well, the thirteen hundred dollars for France, the, the the South Korean one, whatever that is, that was the big one, which we don't know. We don't. Again, that's something we should we need to yeah, follow. That, up. This is after the breaking of the relationship. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you, have you no, broken the relationship or not? Or, well. No, no, just meaning that we haven't had any sort of conversation they since we are, asked for They our don't money. respond. Through email or them. anything. And you haven't called them either. You we haven't shown up to their office I either. So I think, no, no it's in Arizona, in Arizona, which is very fantastic, advantageous for them. Yes, it's. Uh, uh, but I think, I think, you know, sharing this stuff has been great cathartic yes yeah it's very scary at first because you know i don't think we're supposed to talk but i still feel like if if this guy found out he would be very angry and okay i i I promise you he'll he'll probably find out after this episode um and and you know what i if i promise you something if this guy pokes his head out um i'll i'll be there Awesome. I mean, I feel like we're not, we're not, you know, we're not doing this maliciously. We're not like, no. you know, like people need to hear this stuff and no. people need to be honest. And because the, you know, we made this movie ourselves, we owe nothing to anybody else. Like other people, Thank who God. Other people I mean, yeah. that they're dealing with, like, I understand the, like, when other friends of ours are making movie, they have, there's investors to worry about. There's other, we don't have that. So we can be very transparent about right. this and hope in the hope to help other people. But right. And I think in talking about it, what we realized is, like you said, no, this is par for the course. I think we thought like, oh, we're stupid. We're the only ones. We're, we're the idiots. only ones who no. are idiots. No. And, and we don't no. want to push because. We're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. Yeah. Honestly. No, no. Like, I, look, is embarrassing. It is. No, I look. It, look, I, and I, I understand your feelings. Look, I. I'm a professional. I've been in this business for 25 years. I've been screwed over. I had to, you know, I've dealt with things with my films. I've de- I've seen so much in post, uh, as I'm sure you have as well, Nick, where you just see the projects and you hear the stories because you're in the room with the producers or the directors or things like that. It happens all the time. It is par for course. It is the way business is done and it needs to change. And I think these kind of conversations put out publicly Will like I promise you, this conversation, this episode will help one filmmaker out there not to go down this road, at least, if not more. Yeah, yeah, or at least to ask the questions that we didn't, mm-hmm. or at least to you know get someone on their side to like you know be their supporter right. or give them even just going into the situation with a little more knowledge could help someone invaluably. Yeah. I feel like even if they you know kind of want to go down this road if they feel like they don't have anything left, but they at least would know something more than we do. Yeah. And I think the broader conversation is the system is broken mm-hmm. and we, it could absolutely turn in our favor if we take the control as filmmakers right now and say, you know, stop doing that. Let's figure out what works for us because that way is a, dark forest that you're never going to get out of. Yeah. And there's no question, you know, I, I, and I've been, I've been selling this idea and pushing this idea for a long time, but I truly believe the only future for independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker. It's the filmmaker who really understands the business, who really understands how to create multiple revenue streams from their film, do things on their own, things that they can control revenue streams that they can control. If you partner with a distributor 
understand that that might be a loss leader to just get your film out there if you don't want to spend any money. But there's ways to get your movie out there now that, and there's ways to sell your movie that you can generate revenue. There's just no excuse for this. This is, this is not a business. This is just, uh, this is a carnival. It's a carnival. I mean, it's like basically you're, I always tell people when they're dealing with this side of the business, it's like you're going into a casino and you're playing against the house. And sure, do some people win the jackpot? Absolutely. That's the one they're marketing, by the way. That's the one everyone's like, hey, look at this guy. He just won. But everybody else in the casino is losing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's, yeah, I feel like we know that. And and having these conversations with you and as well as when we talk with Naomi, it's it's helping us too to kind of you know, sort of motivate ourselves to, you know, maybe get back out there and try to find out what's going on. And, and you know, yes. To- yes. I think we were very, again, just, we were shell shocked and embarrassed and, you know, I feel like we, we're giving ourselves power too. that. Like, no, this isn't fair. And yeah. something's going on and, and, and we can do something about it. No, there's no question. And, and that's what, that's how most of these predatory distributors, predatory sales agents, they they want to make sure that it's so embarrassing that you don't want to go out publicly with it. It's right. very similar to other situations that have happened recently in the entertainment industry with the Me Too right. movement. That right. that I mean, look, how many of us heard the concept of the casting couch? Oh, it's the casting couch. It's just the way business is done. Is. Exactly. Right. So in my what I've said um, is that this is kind of a moment in time for this side of the business because it is a raping financially of you. It's destroying lives financially. If you would have, if you would have mortgaged your home on right. this, which by the way, you're not, I know okay. Nick, Nick just puckered up real quick, right? When I said that, but it would be, imagine so have done it. Yeah. Of course. So do I. And there's so many yeah. filmmakers out there who are like, I mortgaged my home. I, I, I cashed out my 401k I took my kid's college fund, whatever it is to make my dream come true. And then this happens and these kind of situations happen. And of course, like the whole thing with Distriber, how it's destroyed thousands of filmmakers' lives. And and honestly, they were the they were don't forget, they were the they were the I'm gonna save you. Yeah. I'm gonna save you from the bad predatory distributors. And and they have ended up being worse than yeah. the predatory distributor. It is, it's a conversation that needs to continue, and I will do my part to continue that conversation. But I truly want to thank you guys so much for being so transparent, so vulnerable, um, and publicly coming out with these very detailed numbers and all the, all the details of this horrific experience for you. But I mean, at the end of the day, we've learned. I've learned from my mistakes, and that's the only way you can grow and learn. I promise you, your next film, not going to be going this way. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. No, no. We, I mean, right now we've got some great producers we're working with, mm-hmm. and we are, they've got our back, and hopefully going forward, that's like one of the big things we need is someone to sort of advocate for us and work with us and everything we've known. Yeah, we're not going to go down this road again. And make sure. And now you know what questions to ask too. And you can't, you can never rely on someone else to take care of the business for you. Yeah. The second you relinquish that control, you're mm-hmm. done. So as yeah. long as you have someone helping you. And you're part of the conversation and you're educated in the process, then you're going to make it. If not, it's. And I think it's hard because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers are doing it for the love of the art Art. side. Telling the story. And, and, and telling the story. And so, you know, to reach that point where you're just like, oh, I have to find out. I have to educate myself about business is a really hard turn. 
or else and, you would have gone to business school. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not, we're not, um, we don't have the, the basic, yeah. it's just not in your DNA. Lane. It's not in your like, DNA. Yeah, it's it, not it, in your it, DNA to do that. But we need it. We need it there. And yeah. these kind of conversations, what you're doing to get people more educated is just invaluable. So we really yeah, appreciate you. you bringing knowledge to people as well. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's the least I can do. And it's like a friend of a, fr- a friend and I, a producer friend of mine, Suzanne Lyons, she always said this term, there's the word show and there's the word business and the word business has twice as many letters as the word show. And, <laughs> and, and there's a reason for it because without that business, there is no show, you know? Uh, so it, it is so, so crucial. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my guests, I'm going to twist it around a little bit based on our conversation. What advice would you give a filmmaker going into distribution? <laughs> well, I think the biggest one is like finding those people, you know, understanding that it's not in our DNA to, uh, about business, finding people that it is in their DNA business that you can partner with. And luckily we have, um, some people we really love that are working with us on our next film and, and yeah, we'll if, learn along the way. Yeah. If you don't know the business side, get someone who can advocate for you on that, you know, on, on your That's behalf working for with the business, you, working with you that you trust. Yeah invaluable. Like if you want to be the creative, get someone who can do the business with you. Okay. What is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in life? (laughs) I think, I mean, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier, but that like, I think sometimes you have to carve, you have to carve your own path. And that's the thing I feel like took took longer to realize in retrospect than I, realize like i feel like is that you know you kind of expect that you could you know this sort of lead you can get to a path where you're telling your own stories organically and that is not the case i think you have to put your blood mm-hmm. sweat and tears into carving out that path yeah and we're starting to think of ourselves as a brand and that people ha- ha- are going to start coming to us as like here's what we know what we can get from nick and carrie um and uh and you know i think a big actual step. The thing you, I think is the thing we're trying to embrace is, you know, newsletters, getting on social media, like really reaching out to people. It's hard. It's again, not something that's in my DNA, but like really cultivating Being your own salesperson. Yeah. So you, so you mean you have to know business and marketing? Oh, you talk about, you're already talking about all that. I stuff. mean, uh, you got to do both things and establish <laughs> you know. yourself as a brand. Oh, stop it. I just want to make pretty pictures. I want to tell stories and put up pretty pictures. I don't want to think about any of this stuff. But I think a great way to think about it is that stuff can be creative too. I, like, I look at it. Yeah. That's exactly like, how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, let's let's be super creative about what we put on our Instagram, you know, or let's be super creative about how we're going to distribute the next the next one. It doesn't business can mean like, oh, we have to follow these steps, but you know, we're actually at a time where we can try and do something ourselves. Break all the yeah. steps. Now, what was the biggest fear you had to overcome to just get out and do this first film? Uh, for me, it was partly, you know, we're going to, we're about to dump a whole bunch of money into this, but right. also just that, like, we just have to, we like doing this ourselves is like, you know, is a big first step, but I, I don't know. I feel like we got over that pretty quick. Like once we sort of <laughs> said, in the war, <laughs> yeah, I feel like once, once we said we're doing this, it was like, 
okay, we're doing this. So that was, you know, it was, it was, it was a big fear, but one that was sort of blasted through pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that's how you have to deal with all fear. Yeah. yeah. Blast through it. So basically what you're telling me is you, you, before you stepped onto the battlefield, you were nervous and scared. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. When the bullets start flying, you're like, we don't got time to be afraid. We got to, yeah. we got to keep going. I also think the other thing is people, you know, will say like, well, how did you do that? How did you make the movie? And I really think for us, it was just like, just tiny bit by tiny bit. Like you're just making the one, you're putting the one step in front of the other. You're just doing the one thing every day that you can get done. And, and then it kind of becomes demystified as far as fear, fear yeah, is concerned, I, because you're just plodding along. You know, we, going. we had so many great people working with us on, you know, for the production that filled in any sort of knowledge we didn't have. And again, I want to just credit Doug Billich and, and Paul Roca for just being a hundred percent invaluable and in filling in that knowledge and sort of they'd done it. So if we had, any, they're like, no, you know, don't worry guys, we got your back. We got your back. And that, that would be sort of the, the, like, the fear. If you're worried about something, make sure you have someone who's not worried about that thing mm. to like back you up. Cause that will, it will, there are people who will be able to, you know, not worry about that. Cause they know, they know mm -hmm. how to sort of get through things. So like, like visual effects, like if I don't yeah. know anything about visual effects, I'm like, okay. what's, why can't I key out a yellow background? I don't understand. I yeah. don't. <laughs> why can't Why can't the monster do this? Well, you don't have any money for the monster to do that. So. <laughs> and the most, the toughest question of all: three of your favorite films of all time. Ooh, do we each get three, or do we have to mash up our three? If you could, you could each get three. If you're, if you're, let's not spend an hour back. on it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Should if we don't spend first? an hour on it, because I've had this conversation with two guests on, I'm like, look, guys, it's 30 minutes and we gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta move it I along. Just say, we'll, we'll do our three and we can do them super fast. Go for but it. then I think the idea is uh, for our brand is that we're gonna mash all of these up at some, at some point. <laughs> Obviously. Right. Off, yeah. the, off the top of my head, three movies I love um, City of Lost Children, Great. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and um, the one we share is Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Can we, can we combine all those three movies together? That would be an amazing that, film. Yes. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yours, Gary? Star Wars, uh, Roman Holiday, and um, nice. uh, uh, Stand By Me, which I can, I can we see. are working on something that combines Stand By Me and – Yeah. So – yeah. That's that's and Star Wars, Stand by Me and Star Wars. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it's, it's for Disney Plus. You have a deal for Disney Plus. It's fantastic. It's <laughs> it's great. I mean, yeah. as you know, as you can see behind me, I have a life size Yoda behind me. So yes. you can love that Yoda. Yes. Yeah. So I am a Star Wars fan as well. Uh I, I have not seen the Mandalorian just yet, but I hey. I do have it. It's waiting we'll there for me. After. We'll talk. We'll talk about it off off air. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about it off air, guys. Seriously, Nick Carey, thank you so so much for being on the show and and being so raw and open about all these information. I really think it's invaluable that we continue to have these conversations so the bad guys don't win and the creators get the power because in today's world we do have the power to control our own destinies. It's not like the olden days where there was only one gatekeeper. There is ways to make money with your film if you're smart yeah. about it. But I really 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 appreciate it. So thanks for thank coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And your show is way to, you know, get more knowledge out to people. So thanks for you doing what you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. I want to thank Nick and Carrie so, so much for being so transparent and sharing their story with the tribe today. Carrie and Nick, thank you so much. You are doing God's work by spreading 
the information that you are in helping other filmmakers. And of course, anybody who's trying to help filmmakers, I get behind 110%. So Nick and Carrie, thank you so, so much. The key to defending yourself against these predatory film distributors is knowledge, is information, and sharing as much as you possibly can with the community, with other filmmakers, so other people don't get taken advantage of by these predatory film distribution companies. Things are going to get rougher as we continue to move forward in time because the industry is being shaken to its core by all of the technological changes where the film distributors have no idea how they're going to generate their revenue, how they're going to make money, and they're going to become more and more predatory, unfortunately. And I promise you, when the next economic downturn happens, a lot of these companies are going to fold. And if you don't have the proper contracts, a proper agreements laid out in when you sign with them, like the bankruptcy clause, like cross-collateralization, like all these things that if these companies go out of business, that the rights come back to you automatically and have a system set up for that to come back to you. If you don't do that, your films are going to be lost in bankruptcy hell for years and years to come. So I'm going to put a link to uh, another episode I did last week about the bankruptcy reboot scam that predatory film distributors are using, as well as my article and podcast about the death of traditional film distribution. I'll have those in the show notes at filmtrepreneur.com forward slash 034. Or if you're an indie film hustle, you could just go to indiefilmhustle.com forward slash FT034. That's FT034. Thank you again for listening, guys. I really hope this episode was enlightening to say the least. Got to protect yourself. Got to protect your films and really dig into the film entrepreneur model. It is, in my opinion, the only model that's going to work for independent filmmakers moving forward. You have to understand multiple revenue streams. You have to understand niche audiences. You have to build product. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.